Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Training Unleashed. Today, we have an amazing guest. His name is Mark Patterson. He is a professional athlete, used to be a football player with the, I want to say, Oakland uh, Raiders, even though they're now the Vegas, but he was with actually when they were in LA and with the Saints. Uh, I'm a big Raider fan, by the way, uh, Mark, um, which is kind of odd being from New England. And uh, But I think perhaps the bigger feat is he climbed all seven summits, which are the seven highest summits in the seven continents. And how many people have done that now, Mark? Not a whole lot. You know, I think the total number is about 5,000, you know, considering of all time. So um, certainly in terms of NFL players, there's only two of us. Only two of you. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know the number was even that high. Yeah. And I, I know Antarctica is very hard to get to. Yes. Um, but it's an incredible physical feat and an incredible planning feat. And you also work for uh, Sports Illustrated. So mm-hmm. you've had a very interesting life. Um, as you know, and as my audience knows, this show is about training. And I understand you have a philosophy of training that has helped you in every aspect of your life. Why don't we just start there and what that philosophy is? So I think to, in order to understand that, I went to the University of Washington uh, on a football scholarship. And when I went there, I was um, not prepared in any way. I was completely overwhelmed. I really didn't understand the roadmap. Um, to becoming successful in my, what he is now Hall of Fame coach, Don James, had taken uh, a page out of the famous basketball coach from UCLA, John Wooden, and he adopted it as, as his own um, in terms of the pyramid of success. So that's what you're talking about, the pyramid of success. And it literally helped me uh, really understand what it takes to, to become a champion in anything you do, whether it's physical or in the business world. Um, and, and that things don't happen overnight. And I can get more into kind of some of those different boxes and what those, those means, but that's essentially it. You know, the pyramid of success has really helped me get to where I've been, you know, through these different things I've done. So, so tell us more about what the pyramid is, because I'm unfamiliar with it. Yeah, so essentially it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a pyramid. It looks like a pyramid and there's 25 individual and team goals. And again, you can apply this and I've applied this to business um, beyond just being an executive today at Sports Illustrated, I also started a venture-backed company, raised a lot of money, millions of dollars, and sold the company. It was a gaming company that I started in Seattle years ago. Same exact principles as, as using those um, as, as playing and climbing these different mountains around the world. And essentially, when you start talking about individual you know, and team goals, you got to put yourself in a position. You got to know the game. You got to know the what what you're in for. You got to understand it's a daily grind. There's all these little things that lead to the bigger things. And then in terms of a team, how do you integrate into to um, a larger concept? So whether it was me playing on the football team, obviously there's 11 guys on each side of the ball. Um, whether I'm on a, a a rope team with you know a number on my, we start off at 21. Uh, team members on Everest and uh, there's only 10 of us who made it, but we all had, when we got down to that core 10, we had to really rely on each other for various things. And in business, uh, there's no question that um, 
that that you can't succeed if you don't have people because we all have different uh, core strengths, you know, that we add at the very tippy top of of that pyramid. And you can you can you now I'll name a couple of, of, of these things, but um, John Wooden had put in their competitive greatness. And so that doesn't mean that all of us are going to become Michael Jordan, but it's ascending this ladder and it can take years. The seven summits took me almost 10 years to, to achieve. Um, the gaming company took me years to, to start in 2001 and sell in 2008, right? So it was over this course of time. But competitive greatness at the end of the day means that you love the process. And if you don't love the process in all business, in all sports, and all these other things that we do in life, there's going to be obstacles. And if you don't have a strong why on the reason why you're doing all these different things, you'll quit. It's very interesting. Um, I know it takes a ton. I think a lot of people think being a professional athlete is just showing up. Oh, you're naturally talented. You, know, you work out a little bit and you're all set, but it, it's a, it's a lot more than that. Uh, I was actually watching uh, Wimbledon this weekend and I got the pleasure of seeing uh, John McEnroe's ads where he talked about what it took for me to be successful is totally different than today because today you need a whole team, regimens, vitamins, you got, I mean, you have to have the whole package. And I think everything gets more difficult that everything, you know, to be competitive and be successful, everything levels up, so to speak. Um, so I be, I would be curious if you could take us through this pyramid and, and take us to, uh, you know, everyone knows Everest. So why don't we go there? Um, was Everest the t most difficult uh, hike for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a hike to climb. Yeah, I mean, it's it's at it's at a, just a whole different level. And there's other people that talked about Denali, which is up in Alaska. And I yeah. actually got back in 2017, um, minus 80 degree weather, and I, and then I came back in 2018, and I was able to accomplish that. And that would be an example of there's a huge obstacle weather, and my fingers and toes were more important in my life. Um, so we had to retreat and go down the mountain. And I had to come back. And the thing that made that mountain really difficult and challenging um, and that you just have to have such a tough mindset because you know, it's going to be cold. You're carrying each person was carrying 137 pounds on their back, going up the steepest wow. you possibly imagine. And so that's where, when you get in the obstacles and it's really easy to quit, it would have really been easy for me to say, you know what, this is too hard. This is too difficult. I don't want to be that cold. I don't want to risk my fingers and toes. So I'm not going to go back. And I didn't accomplish and, and not accomplish that goal. The same thing in business, right? Where you get, you think you're going to get a big account and then you've put all this time in, you've made a proposal, you pitched it, and then they choose somebody else and you're number two. And so what are you going to do about it, right? And how are you going to go around and, and, and enter and get in the competition for maybe the next big company? You know, it's like, what can you learn out of all these things? And, and Mount Everest was a beast, man. And it's a beast because it's 29,032 feet. It's the highest mountain in the world. And unlike these other mountains, we still would go up and we go down and we go up and down, but the endurance, and I think this is a huge crossover for business and people really trying to achieve their ultimate goals. It becomes a test of endurance. Um, we were there for over two months. And when you're uncomfortable like that, um, and you're, you're uncomfortable from the standpoint, it's sub-zero every night, you're in a tent, you're in a sleeping bag, you're on ice or you're on rocks, um, you're going up and down the Kuma Icefall, which is absolutely terrifying. And this might be the exact same thing, you know, when somebody has to get up and make a presentation in front of a, a group, right? 
where they're 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 petrified to speak, uh, but yeah. you know you have to stand up and you have to deliver. And if you know your craft, if you've studied it, if you really own that space, then you can be successful. You know, it's interesting that you say this because for me, when I'm giving a presentation in front of a big client, what I want to presence to myself and to my team is how much work that we put into this and how deserving we are of the moment. And that whether or not we get the sale, we deserve to be at this pitch. We deserve to be at this presentation and that we give it, we give it our all. And knowing that we've done the legwork makes all the difference because you can go to the same pitch, but if you haven't done the legwork, if you're just kind of winging it, which I think a lot of people wing in life, and then you get, you get to the pitch, you just don't have the same heart. You don't have the same soul. You don't have the same presentation. Um, and when you've done the work and you know the client, you know their needs and you know what matters, um, you can feel really good about what you're doing because you, you know you've earned being there. You haven't cheated it, so to speak. Does, does this resonate with you? Yeah, it sure does. You know, I came, this book isn't even for sale, so I'm not pitching anything, but I came up with a, a, this book that I wrote, and, and actually I wrote this on, on Denali um, about four years ago called Finding Your Summit. And essentially, there's this acronym that I like to use called Summits, and it's my own sort of version of the pyramid of success. And essentially, when you go through, and I'll, I'll do this really quickly, but the S really standing for that seed. So, if you're a business person and you've got an idea that you really want to pitch and you're just trying to figure out how to get to the other end, you got to know that it is a process, but you got to start with the seed. There's so many people that have great ideas and great creative ideas, but they just don't know how to execute it. So the U is once you have that seed, then you got to have to unleash that idea. Okay. Oh, then when you, I like unleashed. This is training unleashed. Yeah. So, so training unleashed. So you got to unleash the idea. So you got to put things into action. And then the M of the summits acronym, the M is now you got to move it, you know, where you got to like take mm. it from, from an idea to action to now I'm going to put this actually into play and do the things that you need to do. Um, next is measure, right? So it's great to have an idea. It's great to put things in movement, but if you don't measure your progress on the long run, you have no idea how, how this works. I, I'm an executive for Sports Illustrated. My, my whole business is to grow the network. And when, I, when we took over SI 17 months ago, SI was ranked number 15th in terms of the total marketplace of viewership. I've helped take that, take that company up to number six. Our goal is number one, which is ESPN. But it's a way that we can tangibly measure how many people are coming to our sites every single month and what we need to do to continue to grow that. The I is it, you can measure it and that's great, but if you don't constantly improve, then you're never going to go anywhere. How can you attain competitive greatness? How can you be at the, the pinnacle of whatever you're doing, right? So you have to improve. Um, the T in summits is traverse. So that's where that big obstacle comes and that hits you, right? And you got to yep. now take a detour. And I know I'm sure with your, your training, um, the things that you've taught, I mean, we all run into obstacles that you have to go around. And, and so somehow or another, you, you stay the course in 2017, we talked about, I was on Denali, I had to go back and come back again in 2008. It was an obstacle I had to traverse. And then finally you get to the, the final S and summits and that's you succeed, you hit the summit and you can celebrate. And that's when you start to pay it back and teach others. And so anyways, that, that whole kind of playbook has really helped me achieve these different things in life. 
I, I think it's a great acronym, and I think it's, it really summarizes success in business. Um, I really like the I for improvement, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times people become successful, and they kind of rest and, and live on that success. But if you're not constantly improving, it's, you're, somebody else will be. Um, you know, you, you are so right. I mean, I, I can't even think of it. You said it perfectly. And one of the things I've found in, in my business life, my business life has been way longer than my athletic life, right? So yeah. that's where like my core strengths really lie. And I, I've always been really hung up on this word of point of difference, right? And, and when I was playing, what's my point of difference? Because there were so many guys that were way better than me athletically. I, I can promise you that. And climbing these mountains, what's the point of difference? How are going to keep going without quitting? And I had every reason to quit on summit day. I ran out of, out of oxygen. I went snow blind. I hadn't eaten in three days. It was awful, right? But the point of difference of like, what can I do to keep going? What can I tap into? And in business, you know, how can you separate yourself from every other Joe that's out there trying to pitch the same product? And so it seems like if you can answer that question and really getting zeroed in on those things, it can really help you when you're out there pitching, you know, different clients and things like that. So you were snow blind. So you essentially couldn't see. Yeah. Hadn't eaten for three days. Yeah. And didn't have supplemental oxygen. Yeah. And you climbed Everest, the, the, the summit. Yeah, that's almost right. Um, I was snow blind in one eye. So out of one eye, I could still see. Okay. Um, but, but that's a, you know, if you, 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 you need all the energy. I mean, it's a hard enough feat just to take on on your best day. But it, when it turns out to be your worst day and you don't have the energy and all the energy that you do have is going towards why am I snow blind and when, I, when am I going to be able to see? And also you're trying to reach down and clip in because you're tethered to the mountain. You've, right. you're, you've got these, these fixed lines that are about 100 yards um, apart and they're anchored by ice screws and you're constantly reaching down and clipping in and clipping out and clipping into the next one. And the problem with that is that because of these past expeditions, they haven't taken those five other ropes off, those five other lines off the mountain. And so you're looking at this, you know, and your depth perception is off. And are you clipping into the right one? Because if you don't clip in, the other ones are afraid. And especially as you get higher on the mountain towards the Hillary step, it is straight down to Tibet and there's no stopping. And there's, you know, you're stepping over dead bodies and stuff. So there's just a lot of negative in terms of the supplemental oxygen, I ran out on my way down and my Sherpa had left me. And so I had to go through this battle of trying to gasp for air and still trying to get, you know, I was out there for 18 hours and I'm not an endurance athlete. You know, I've been able to do things that require endurance, but generally speaking, I got to be, you know, John Wooden also said in competitive grade is you need to be at your best when your best is required. And I, 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 my breast was required on that particular day, but I was not at my best. You know, so <laughs> you got to figure out a way to like, you know, come up with a gumption to keep driving and the why of not quitting and I'm going to do this. And, and that has to keep going. Or there is on so many different levels, it's just too easy to quit. And there's so many dead bodies up on Everest as you get to the top that, you know, I was looking around and just like, this is not the day that Mark dies. And when you play that, you know, that, that line in your mind. Over so you over, literally walk past and over dead bodies one of those dead bodies was my tent mate from antarctica in 2019 
Um, there's a very iconic shot of a huge lineup of climbers in 2019. Many people died because they were exposed and they were up there for such a long, long time. And he was one of them. And unfortunately, Don Cass was laying there as I walked by. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine mentally what that must do to you. Um, I, 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 don't, I personally uh, am very impressed and, and do not, that's not a skill I have. Uh, I, <laughs> no, joke with, I, I, I joke with my wife once, I want to climb Everest because the average person who climbs Everest loses 40 pounds. <laughs> and I go, it'd be a good diet. <laughs> uh, I love that. You know, actually, you're, you're, you're not too far off. In, in my case, I lost 25 and I didn't have 25 to lose. And, uh, you know, I've never felt this before in my life. But as I was going up there on that summit day, I literally felt my body eating myself. And I, I just that just internally, I was so low on, 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 on food and everything else I was going through. But going back to your question, um, you know, my six feet away from me in my tent at 26,500, the death zone, where there's camp four, where, where we launched from at, at 1230 in the morning on May 23rd, um, as you're seeing these dead people and you're going past and I'm seeing my tent mate who I got to know, I, you know, I lived with him for three weeks. Uh, you're almost going to a self-preservation mode. Um, it's a completely different mentality because you know that if you don't pay attention, especially all the issues I was going through on that day, that you're gonna end up in that same spot. And, uh, and so what I'm trying to say is that as we sit here today at essentially sea level and we're having this conversation, you know, you think about it more and how bad it must be and awful for the family and you go through all that because we're in the comforts of our offices and our homes. Um, when you're up at, you know, the, the, the highest area you could possibly be in the world, um, it's just a totally different, like, self-preservation. How can I just survive this whole thing? Yeah. Got to be very different. So uh, you talk about something that I totally believe in, which is the why. That you have to have a why. And maybe you could take a second and talk about your why climbing Everest. Mm-hmm. And then talk about your why in the startup business that you that you raise money for and how those whys are different. And I'll add yeah. to the complexity, Mark, because you're a bright man. You can handle all these things at one time. And the question is, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people that work for companies for a paycheck. Yeah. And I, I personally think it's sad because I think no matter what you do and what job you're in, you can have an impact on yourself, your family, coworkers, and even the world, depending on what you're doing. Because no matter what you're doing, you are making the world better in some fashion. You're a janitor. You know, you're saving people's lives. You're making people's experiences more pleasant. You're making a lot of people happy every day. Uh, if you frame your work that way, it's a lot better than framing your work in, you know, I, I'm cleaning up urine and, and, and bowel movement all day. Um, if, if you understand what I, yeah. what I'm saying. So with all of that, I'll, I'll give you a wide berth to answer. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting question. I've never been asked that question that way. So thank you for that. Um, you know, certainly I'll make this quick. The, my why on, on Mount Everest and these other mountains is mainly because my daughter, Amelia, um, uh, has epilepsy and she's had it since she was eight years old. And so I'd, 
I partnered with the organization here in, in some valley to raise money. I, and I just knew as I was going up and coming back down the mountain that, you know, she's been, she's been dealing with this since she was eight, she's 22. She goes to the university of Arizona and she's had so many obstacles and she's never quit and she has daily seizures. And so for me to quit on that, um, I just couldn't even imagine. So it was just like, do it for Amelia, do it for Amelia, keep going. She'll never quit. So that was a strong why behind that. Wow. Very um, personal. Yeah. Really personal. Um, as it relates to business, um, Front Porch Classics was the gaming company that we started. And I, I had personally gone out before we got uh, venture capital. Uh, we had a, a angel round and we had, I think, 20 investors that put in X amount of money, um, you know, raised 500 grand in two weeks. And it was it was really amazing. And and I just felt such a commitment to not letting them down. And I was relentless in terms of being doing whatever I had to do to make sure that I didn't let my, my friends down. So the why of just not letting others down and have that competitive spirit to try to take it to the end. And it was back in 2001 too, when the odds were completely against us because when we finally got funded, um, it was right around 9-11. Um, and um, you know, the whole world went into a shutdown after that. And it was really a miracle that, that all that you know, came to be. But you know, we went right to the edge. We had eight employees and we went to the final pay, pay run before we got funded. And, <laughs> we, and we, we made it through, we got to the other side, but sometimes you gotta put your feet and toes right on the edge for great things to happen. Tortle Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortle.com slash learning dash development. How did you balance the fear and the vision when you're at the final pay run and you know you've got to raise money in time to make the next payroll? How were you able to deal with that? That's got to be an incredible, incredible amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same token, when you're making those presentations, you know, being desperate is not an effective tool. Yeah, that's yeah, it's really insightful. Uh, I think one of the things that's really helped me a lot of NFL players, you know, the one percent or have the, the great fortune of going on in the NFL. And then actually it's one thing to, to, to make it. And it's another thing just to stay there, right? Because everybody's sure. battling to take your job away every year. So I was able somehow or another to make it five years. And, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but when many, many of the former athletes, when they're done playing, they are like done, they're done. They're, they've, they've been performing at such a high level at such a long time. They just want to check out, right? And for me, I just never did, you know, I just kept going. And so I didn't train like I was a professional athlete, but, you know, even today, um, I wake up in the morning, I do CrossFit in the afternoon, late afternoon, I'll run up the mountain. And it's just the way that I've been able to keep my, my mind calm and, and really trying to get rational about what's going on and by stepping away from it. And somebody can go out and do yoga, they can go for a walk, but I just sure. think the biggest the biggest, there's a buddy of mine, another friend, an entrepreneur that had started some companies. And he said the biggest lesson he ever learned was from this Japanese investment group. And, and they had this big 
big thing about taking a break various times of the day and just going for a walk around the block and the amount of creativity and your clear thoughts that you come. So that's how I really dealt with all that stress and all that pressure. And, and I didn't want to let my friends down and all those things. And I've continued to do that through all these different projects I've been involved in. So I'm going to take this entire conversation and I'm going to bring it right back to training in, okay. in a big way. And I'm going to kind of sum up my thoughts and then I'm going to encourage you to share what your, what your, what your thoughts would be. Sure. Um, but this is what I'm really hearing from you in, in, in a big way is you've got to have a passion. You have to have a strong why you almost have to start with that. And in the case of training, um, we're really helping companies succeed. We're helping people do well at their jobs, helping people earn more money because they're better at what they're doing. We're helping, if we're not creating jobs, we're protecting jobs and we're helping companies be more successful at whatever they're doing to make the world hopefully a better place in, in, in some fashion. Then what's, what's really critical, what's really critical is, um, and I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> say this the wrong way, is to have a, like a powerful plan, know how to get there. Your 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 whole the summit, the whole summit ana analogy comes right back right back to me, and to be able to balance stress and vision so that you're constantly focused on the vision, and that if you have stress or you have upset or you have frustration, to look for ways, be it yoga, working out, or ways to come up to, to settle that, but not to have an impact and not to have an impact your world. I believe in training that a lot of people give up, that it's such a difficult fight to get support for training within organizations because management's focused on the big picture training, which in my opinion is a game changer for companies, that it's the difference between success and failure for whatever reason isn't on the top agenda and that a lot of people just get used to um, the complacency of accepting their lot. And that's why the show's Training Unleashed is because we're here about unleashing training and the power of, of effectiveness. So I went on a little bit of a diatribe, um, but if you could relate our conversation to training and the people that are listening who are all training professionals, HR, operational professionals, um, what are your thoughts? Well, I've got a couple of thoughts. Um, and these are just like my keys that I've been able to, to navigate um, from these various things I've done from sports to mountaineering to, to running companies. And that's the first one is success leaves clues, right? And so there are so many people who have done it before I've been there. And so the question is like, how do you get that, that base knowledge? And I've done it through either A, knowing them, B, joining some kind of a organization like yours that helps people train, that really understand the roadmap that you need to get there. Um, I have listened to a lot of podcasts, um, audio tapes, things like that, read these different books. That's really helped because I didn't get my MBA. And so I had to like, okay, figure it out. How do you figure it out? I don't know everything. And so if I can really learn from others, that's really been um, a key to to the planning. And then the second thing, and you started to talk about this is that roadmap, you know, you gotta have some roadmap, some direction where you're going. You wouldn't get in your car and drive to New York if you didn't know, you know, okay, what are the things I need? I need gas in the car and I know I'm gonna stop in Las Vegas and here's the road I'm gonna take. 
you know, you got to have that, 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 that trail that's going to go knowing that there's going to be adjustments along the way, but you got to have some kind of a place to start and where are you trying to go? That's really key visualization. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, this is another thing that you just uh, tapped on, which is a lot of people quit when they get into this. And my whole thing is about action creates reaction. So if you're not quite sure what you want to do, move in some direction, because that will create some kind of, of, of reaction to that. And it's either the right or the wrong, but at least you'll know. And too many people spend time convincing themselves that why they shouldn't do that or it's too risky. And the last thing is just stepping into the fear. And that's been, you know, such a big thing for me is, is doing things that I'm comfortable, but, but then you got to go back to the very beginning. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to step into fear, but now go out and find those that have come before you and know what they're doing like yourself that can really help and train you to get to where you want to be. Stepping into fear is a really, really easier said than done thing for most people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's and, happened uh, to me, but, but it's happened. You know, I'm just, I'm a walking example of stepping into the fear. Um, and just like, I, I got to figure this out. Like I didn't, I transitioned from more of the traditional old marketing company I used to have in the gaming company. Um, and I had to learn all about the internet. Right. And so, and that's where I found myself in a technology company today. And I spent hours and hours and hours. If you type into Google anything, how do I do this? How do I do that? You'll get a zillion answers. And that's a lot of how I just self-taught myself. And then also talking to others and learning from them on their experience um, with all this. And that's what's kind of landed me in the spot that I'm in today. So we're, we're missing one thing from this conversation as I'm listening to ourselves. And that's the importance of having a good team. Would you climb Everest by yourself? No. No one would. It would be nuts to try to yeah. climb it by yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to have a team. Right. And yeah. everywhere you go, you know, you had a team in football. I'm sure you had a team every time you went climb mountains. You had a team with the business. Um, even if you're a solopreneur, you have a team. The team is just different. It's other people you work with. It's suppliers that are helping you with your marketing. It's uh, you know, your your team is a different kind of community. Maybe it's not a team per se that all are on the same payroll, but there are, there are support systems. If, you, if you're a solopreneur and you don't have relationships with other people to see what they're doing, share best practices, share ideas, it's, it's probably not going to be that successful. You have to have a good team. Absolutely. I mean, they say, you know, I'm sure you've heard this a million times, there's no IN team and there's not. And I've never done anything in my life where, we haven't had a collective group. Um, I went with, on, on Mount Everest, I signed up with a mountaineering expert based out of Seattle called Garrett Madison, Madison Mountaineering. And, you know, they had the logistics. They had, we had 35 Sherpa that helped us up and down the mountain, um, preparing meals, setting up tents, always, always there. Um, we, we had another three or four guides that were there with their expertise, constantly learning, um, before we even started getting into the higher parts of, of the mountain, we do all of our training on these smaller um, little peaks down below on climbing up and over um, uh, uh, ice columns and things like that. And all these businesses, Sports Illustrated, we started off with 18. We started a technology company called Maven's parent company to Sports Illustrated. We started, there's 18 of us. This is five years ago. Today we have 300, you know, 
and uh-huh. now you know the whole question is like how do we all integrate together and learn off and 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 come to for the greater good of trying to go and we have business goals and objectives and you know kpis that we're trying to meet um every month so there's no question you know there's no way that we could be i could be where i am today without having this great support team yeah no there's no no doubt about it and and getting to support team and getting uh to your daughter uh, would you mind sharing how people could reach out if they're so inspired to donate to support your daughter, but to also support everybody that has epilepsy? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that very much. Anybody can reach out to me at www.markpattisonnfl.com, and there's a philanthropy tab, and that goes right to Higher Ground. 100% of the proceeds go to that organization. And if you want to find out about my podcast, Finding Your Summit, or why don't you spell why don't you spell your 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 last name so people get the the URL? Sure, it's Mark Patterson, P-A-T-T-I-S-O-N, and then of course NFL Mark Patterson, NFL.com. And uh, the NFL is also doing a film on my Evis journey that's coming out as their premiere feature uh, in early September. I'm excited about that. And anybody on my website can find out about Higher Ground and uh, 100% of all proceeds go uh, to that great organization to help people that are impaired or have epilepsy and trying to get them to, uh, you know, healed and cured. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's very disabilitating. And I think we're at the point in world and technology and medicine where we really have a hope. Um, it's just, uh, you know, amazing what's happening with medicine that we can, uh, either, you know, contain, uh, you know, make better or cure things in in the future. So, uh, hopefully in our lifetime, we'll get to see it. That would be, that would be an an amazing accomplishment for sure. Um, so Mark, I, I, you know, most of my guests come on here and they, they're, they've got a lot to sell, you know, they're, they're looking for customers, but you know, who are the types of people you would, you know, other than people to go to the website to donate that you would like to reach out to you that um, it would make sense uh, for you and them to get together? Well, look, I, I uh, you know, full-time employee for Sports Illustrated and I love doing that, but I also love speaking about these these different topics. And you know, I have been able to have some pretty amazing experiences in life, you know, playing in the NFL, starting businesses, raising money, selling a company, we're about to uh, take this company onto the NASDAQ. So that's, that's been exciting to, to, to be a part of that. And of course now completing the seven summits. And if people want to hear about, you know, my tales and, and my experiences through my, my eyes and what I've gone through to get to where I am, because it hasn't been easy. Um, I'd love to come and talk to that organization and, and speak to those people. So, um, you know, again, if you want to reach out to me, you can do that on my website. Yeah. So, what I'm hearing and I'm saying is if you guys are looking for, uh, you know, I'm going beyond a motivational speaker, but somebody who's a motivational speaker, great resume and great real content, as you heard today about the keys to being successful, uh, Mark would be a great person for you to reach out to and, and, and maybe take, take your event to, 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 to the summits of Everest. Um, Tell us about your podcast and how people can find out about that. If they want to learn more about you through your podcast, I know I'm interested in your podcast. 
because I love it when people are able to do amazing things in their lives. So uh, how do people find out about your podcast? What kind of guests do you have? Uh, what's, yeah. your, what's your theme? Yeah. So uh, the name of the podcast is called Finding Your Summit. It's very metaphorical. It doesn't literally mean you have to go climb Everest, but Finding Your Summit. It's all about people overcoming adversity and finding their way. I've done well over 200 episodes. I've had just the most amazing guest ever. Talked to a guy this morning that that crashed an airplane on a United flight and it literally walked out the back of the airplane un unscathed. And just hearing their stories has just been really humbling for me and really kept things in perspective. But, you know, people can find uh, my podcast on most of the major channels, certainly iTunes. Um, you can go again on my website. I've got all the episodes logged there. But, you know, a lot of famous people are there. I know a lot of famous folks and they come from various grounds and they're not all famous. Some people are just ordinary people doing amazing things, but they've had extraordinary circumstances. And I'm just like hanging, like, how did that happen? Oh my goodness. You know, talked to a guy yesterday who had cancer when he was 13, when he was 16, he's gone on to climb the seven summits. He's also skied to the North pole and the South pole and done the Ironman. I mean, who does that? Right? Wow. So I, I've got loads of people like that and uh, really appreciate the love. Anybody wants to come by and, and listen to those podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I never knew a thousand people had done the seven summits. I mean, it is such a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and getting back to training, getting back to planning, uh, when Dick Bass did it the first time, it was immensely difficult, right? No one knew how to go to, to Antarctica etc. But the more people do it, the more expertise, knowledge there is, makes it easier for other people to do it. Yeah, I think I, I actually answered that question wrong. I think there's been 5,000 people that have summited Everest. And that starts back in 1953, um, when Sir, Tenzing, uh, Sir uh, Edmund Hillary. Um, yeah. I think the number is a fraction of that in terms of doing the entire summit, seven summits. And you know, I was very fortunate to meet Dick Bass um, at his, uh, before he passed away, and he had just completed his book on the seven summits. And that was part of the inspiration that actually got me going. We, I sat in a private area with him. And uh, anyway, he's a very inspiring guy. And it was really cool to, to listen to his tales. Yeah, I, I've had the fortune of reading that book too. Um, I'm, I'm now, as we're talking, Googling to see I don't know if I can find it or not. Um, but um, the point that I'm making is, you know, it's a four minute mile. One person does it. Other people do it. Yeah. Um, you know, no one could climb Everest. Uh, Sir Hillary does it. Other people are doing it. People, you know, in essence, what I'm trying to say is that training and knowledge is training, right? The more knowledge you have, the easier it is for people to do things and, and be effective doing it. So, um it's easier once it's been done and somebody can now create a plan or path that can be taught to others so that they can, they can also, they can also do it. Yep. Um, and um, I'm not going to be able to find this in this time for this recording. So people get to Google it and find out themselves. <laughs> Mark, as you know, we end the show with one important question, which is if you had one tip to share with our audience, what would that tip be? Well, there's a lot of things I could say, and I'm not going to say it. Uh, the 
quote that I've used in my daughters and I've used for myself, and I really believe it's true. And it's not a tip, but it's more of a quote. And that is, it takes a little more to make a champion. And if you really sit back and you think about it, again, going back to point of difference about being, you know, becoming that 1%, you know, why can't you just ask that question? Why not me? Why can't it be you? And, but like you said, if you don't do the training, if you don't do the work, if you're not committed to it, if, if you don't have a proper why, if you're not willing to step into the fear, you'll never get there. But if you go with that motto, it takes a little bit more to make a champion and just live by that and do those different things, those little things that matter, you can get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to, it, 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 I, I, like, I like that because why not you and recognition that it's all, it's all little steps, just multitudes of them. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, the answer to our, to our trivia question is 350 people so far uh have uh have made it so uh an amazing accomplishment for you thank you uh, and uh you know everest is amazing your football career is amazing you have an amazing set of accomplishments mm -hmm. and you know mark what i'm going to end the show with is what i like about you is there's never an end you know you're always looking for that next thing and that's uh, that's to me a great sign of a winning personality and a winning person so uh, it's been great to have you on the show I want to thank my friends, uh, all my listeners for sure, my th friends at the C-Suite, C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio for being my sponsors. I uh, appreciate you very much. And again, Mark, thank you for being a guest on the show. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to Tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.